Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 25-8, our second podcast anniversary celebration number five. Wait, yes, <laughs> that's how it goes. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. Um, we pick a topic, we choose some great music, and we listen to the music, and we talk about the music, and we talk about other stuff too. Um, last week we celebrated five years of Rhythm and Pixels, of this podcast. That's over 250 episodes of me and Pernell and it got to be talking in your ear. <laughs> being goofy, yeah. having a great old time. Though, the funny thing about it is, like, Rob was like, we were talking about today, about, hey, it's great, you know, we've been doing this for a while now, and we've got stories for years with this bad boy, so let's march on. And then, for some reason, I got to thinking, are we the longest-running podcast for VGM right now? Now, keep in mind, when I say that, I don't mean oldest, because the oldest, I believe, is uh, Legacy Music Out. I think so. I think so. they were the yeah. first. Uh, but longest-running, as in, from start to consecutive, or start to start, I'm sorry, from the beginning, consecutively, non-stopping. And unfortunately, it turned out I was wrong, but we're really surprisingly close. Um, <laughs> but what did you say earlier? You said it was Super Mercado Brothers? So the Super Mercado Brothers started um, eight years ago, six years ago, and they have twice as many episodes as us. Mm-hmm. I guess it must have been eight years ago. So, um, and that's very impressive. I I, I believe that they are. Um, I, I mean, I've met them. They're fantastic guys. I haven't I listened to their show to be quite honest because <laughs> I'm a bad podcast listener. I'm a great podcast producer, the best, and a po- great podcast friend <laughs> and a friend. Uh, um, but yeah, but and then uh, yeah, the Legacy Music Hour was in 2010. I forget. I told you. I told you this. It was they started in 2010 for sure. Um, but but that, that's the thing, though. I think we had more consecutive, well, more consecutive for sure, but also I think more total episodes mm-hmm. than that. Well, I can say that we have the most, we have the sexiest episodes, right? We have, and, and um, I don't know. It was probably. Sexy. I just think of it more like from the perspective of just like, it's just surprising that that happened at all. Like, <laughs> It literally started as you being like, I miss Legacy Music Hour. We should do a show. <laughs> it was like, okay, that was five years I, ago. So funny. I, I, and I never, I didn't really explore what other podcasts were out there because I thought that that might be too, um, I might, uh, might make me not want to do it. You know, might. Um, apprehensive. Yeah, apprehensive. That's the word. I can't think of a word. Man, it's, so the last show we recorded was around noon, right? And I had tons uh-huh. of energy. These shows we record late, tur in the evening, mm-hmm. and I do not we have energy. Went. I'm a Viking, so I didn't really look at what other shows were around at the time when I started recording because I didn't want to feel that way. Um, and so we just started, but I didn't know that uh, Pixel Tunes Radio was out there and all these other shows were doing their thing. And I was like, man, we're doing the only we're the only ones doing it. We're the only ones doing it in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> that that part's still true. That's still true. No one tell us that. No one tell us about that other Delaware VGU podcast. Pixels in rhythm. There's like an evil Robin Purnell out there somewhere. I know. <laughs> That's what I honestly be like. Brevity, brevity, and sprites. It's a yeah. It's a it's a it's a cooking podcast. No, it's a true crime podcast. Actually, I would love to meet Nega Purnell if he's doing a true crime podcast. Ooh. That would be legit. Um, honestly, right. with this voice, mm-hmm. yes. 
And I, they never found documentation. I don't I don't want to be. Grim. Well, there is a sinkhole in the and like that they're trying to fill up, and I'm wondering like what you're hiding in that sinkhole, Pernell. Water. Well, you, uh, I mean, why would you hide all that water unless you were trying to hide because something? It's, <laughs> because I melted gold into the water. Um, for everybody listening, for everybody in our chat room right now, um, we have a sale going on. Uh, we are offering 15% off all of our T-shirts, all of our merchandise. We have a very some very interesting t-shirt designs. So if you go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch, um, you can check out all the designs there and then uh, use offer code pixels and you get 15% off your purchase. And that's from now until the end of the year. So let's end 2020 with some fresh t-shirts, right? Um, and also we're partnering with our podcast host, Blueberry. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Go to rhythmandpixels.com slash podcast and use offer code pixels there to get your first month free. So if you want to start your own, your first podcast, or if you want to maybe upgrade the podcast you're doing right now, um, check them out. I think they're fantastic. Great download speed, great statistics, great support. It's blueberry baby. I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm getting warm, man. I'm taking my shirt off a sweater, taking my sweater off. Ew. This is this is for the live show. We should also say that this is a live Patreon recorded episode. So if you are a member of our Patreon, um, once a month you get access to a live stream recorded episode of our show, which is what we're doing right now. You hang out in the chat room and you can see all the visual gags that me and Purnell do. Hey! We don't have visual gags. Who are you fooling? I'm trying to, but it's not working. How many? T- you get to see how many times we adjust our glasses. Yeah. How many times about I, I move my microphone it. around and I'm like, ooh. Um, <laughs> but that's a lot of fun. So uh, that's what we're doing today. And so today's episode, Pernell, we are doing, um, um, so last week we we talked about our favorite tracks of the whole year and we had some, we shared some memories of our favorite episodes and our favorite moments and our um, favorite um, emails that we got from some listeners too. Uh, that was last week. So this week we asked our listeners and our Patreon members, what were your favorite tracks? What were your favorite moments of the show? And we got a few. And so we thought we would choose some music based on what they sent. Yeah, it was a weird scenario here because, like, I think this was a, more, a particularly weird month because I think we had, like, two different topics in mind. And then the podcast anniversary was like, oh, yeah, we should probably do that because yeah. <laughs> that just makes sense. And then we didn't put it out for a bit. But even though we put it out, we didn't put it out to when we did, we still got a fair number of responses, which was nice. Yeah, we really did. Um, so uh, hopefully they're okay with us reading their emails on the show. <laughs> well, there's a lot of swearing in this one. I don't know if we can read that. Oh, man. Well, we'll have to bleep you out. I got the I got the bleep button ready for now. Oh, yeah. Um, so what have you been playing this week? I, I, I don't think I asked you that yet. I know what I want you to play, which is Control, because it's a fun game. But yeah, I feel like you're going to get your wish because of Chris Murray. Um, Chris Murray threw the ball out there. He was like, hey, if you want to play Control, I'm playing Control. I can play Control. I was like, done. Because I, we'll never have a lot of Lot of Two moment again. But I think we can still get, you know, co-op, you know, community, community gaming going in that sense. Because it's a beautiful thing. Um, but I'm going to start that up again. Uh, I got hooked on Yakuza Like a Dragon. I am a, I am pretty sure that's going to be my game of the year at this point. Like keep in mind, I've played hey, I haven't played every AAA game that came out this year. Like oh hush, you ain't no like. You're going to make me stop playing it with that. <laughs> that's, all <you're> <laughs> yeah, that's all you're going to hear. 
God, no! Um, well, like, I've played a lot of games this year. Not, admittedly, I didn't jump in, like, every single big AAA release or anything like that, but I've played a lot of new games this year, and I still feel like this one is probably going to be the one. Like, it, I'm, I'm caught up in it. I love the dynamic between you know, all the characters. The main character is insanely endearing. The mini games are addictive. There's a mini game where you're riding a bike collecting cans to recycle. And I spent two hours on that. You're like, I know that. I've done that. <laughs> I grew up doing that. I yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, the last mini game I got caught up in for like four hours was one where you're managing a business. Like, you're literally managing a You got to buy locations. Um, you have to staff them with employees. You have to do shareholders and meetings. That looked interesting to me. That looked pretty cool. It, freaking great yeah. um so i'm playing that and i think the other game that came up in the pernell you should play that i requested was bloodstain but it, no i came up because of daryl um the last recon suggestion through his like his rhythm and pixels chat mini game of this five games and someone will choose the one for you to play from your backlog so i'm also gonna be playing bloodstain so i got a trio of games mm-hmm. that i'm playing this month i love it we'll see how well i do in any of them i love it but- i love that you're going through your backlog that's fantastic now, if I could just stop buying games. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I just bought $100 in, be- in uh, eShop credit on Cyber Monday because it was on sale. Ooh. I'm a sucker for discounted money. I can't help it. It's a problem. <laughs> um, oh, I want to give a shout out to Chris Baines. eShop reminded me that Chris Baines, um, one of our listeners and one of our friends, um, and uh, really excellent musician uh, he's been putting together these like historian uh, documentary like video game documentaries and, and history of and they're really great and the last one he did he did like like a quick little one shot it was like five six minutes about an mmo of the from the ease series that never got released in the west um and it's really cool and, and he's got one for super monkey ball and he's got one for symphony of the night and i really w- i really hope he does more because they're, they're really well done they're really funny they and they're entertaining and you, you learn a lot from them, so the stuff that I didn't know about. So, and most importantly, he's genuinely passionate about them, and it comes out in his work. Yeah, so um, I want to support him um, because I think that's really cool. So it's Chris Bain's music on YouTube, um, and we also link it on our on our Facebook page as well. But okay, pronounce. So last week you went first because I lost the. No, I didn't lose the the rock paper scissors. You, oh, you lost. You did dynamite. You lost. Dynamite's a valid move. Lost. Well, just, you, just accept it. Just accept it. You know, I win. What's funny? Boom. Was that last week was an odd numbered episode anyway? <laughs> True. Well, there it is. I had the I had the heart of the episodes on my side. Yeah, the home field advantage. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to start this week. Um, so as if it's cool with you, maybe we can go down the list of the Google Doc. I like that idea. I'm good for it. Try to keep it keep it simple. All right, so I'm going to start with the first track. This is from OK Impala. Um, and uh, he, I'll, I'll just, we'll, we'll read the email, and then we'll, we'll play some tracks based on what he wrote. Does that sound, sound pretty good? I was about to say, we have to because he didn't submit a track. <laughs> okay, here, uh, yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, so this is uh, from OK Impala, and he says, or they say, uh, I really enjoyed your Console Wars episode, which, which I did too. Uh, Purnell mentioned how Super, Super Mario Kart was still one of his favorite racing games of all time, and I couldn't agree more. Recently, I released a gaming project of mine that has been in the works for 17 years. It's called Super Mario Kart Epic Racers. This mod of Super Mario Kart gives you a whole new experience with new tracks, 
new graphics, new drivers, a new point system, and more. The mod has been received with lots of positive feedback from the community and has appeared on several YouTube channels. So I actually looked those up too. I actually did watch a few of them because I mean, we're talking about, he did have a lot. There's like one of them had like 3000 views and it's only been up for two weeks. It's, it's, like, I mean like Mar Super Mario Kart is my favorite Mario Kart. So, and, and, and having a mod to that with, with new tracks and stages and characters, that's really cool. And they actually have stat points, which threw me off too. But it makes me wonder if the original had stat points aside from just their weight. I wonder. Yeah, I, I, they might have added no because of the weapon system. That was kind of the same for everybody. But you're right; like they're all kind of weighted a little differently, just different sized. Um, no, no, they had different speeds and they had different acceleration. Yeah, that, that's what he did. But he referred to it as boost and speed. Oh, nice. So I wasn't sure if that was like just a way, a visual interpretation of their weight class. Right, right. Not just knowing that. Okay, Yoshi does this, and Bowser does that. Um, but exactly. anyway, that's really, really cool too. So go check that out. Look them up on YouTube and then um, follow the links there if you ever want to try it. So we both picked some music from Mario Kart games. I chose from Mario Kart 64, which I can't believe we haven't played from, I think, ever on our show before. This is Toad's Turnpike, composed by Kente Nagata. This, okay, so I listened to every track on the soundtrack because I don't have a whole lot of experience with, with Mario Kart 64. Um, so I didn't have a Nintendo 64. And holy moly, this is this is the best one for me. Like I I can't think of a, like all the other tracks pale in comparison to this one. This is so good. For me, I think it's still Wario Stadium, which is interesting because I actually could hear a variation of that theme in this track. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, not the not Wario Stadium, I'm um Royal Waste Raceway, the pipe track that plays there. Do, 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 yeah, do, I don't do, think do. Wario is in this game, right? Nah, he well he didn't no, he's in sixty four. Wario um, he not, didn't exist not real there though. He is. Like he's he's like a he's like a myth, like an internet myth, right? No, that's Waluigi. Waluigi. <laughs> Wario's real. Waluigi's the myth. <laughs> no, he's very, very real and he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to smash. But like no, but honestly, Mario Kart sixty four 
I don't know. It's not particularly my favorite as the, in the series, but I think as far as the battle mode goes, it's still my all-time favorite of the mm. bunch. It hasn't been topped yet. Um, I'm not sure why, per se. It might just be because of Block Fort, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, it's, it's more three-dimensional, right? So the battle modes in the original Mario Kart, they were fun, but it was all flat. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like kind of juking and strafing and bouncing around each other. But this one, I know in Mario 64, Kart 64, it's much more vertical. And there's places you can hide. But the thing about it is that since then, there have been multiple Mario Karts that have all been in 3D with the exception of, like, say, like the Game Boy Advance one. So, 3D isn't the sole practice, isn't the sole factor for this. I think it's speci- it may specifically be Blockport because there's something about that track or that battle arena that I don't think has been touched yet. And they won't even bring it back in sequels. That's what makes me the anger. It's like, <laughs> Blockport is the best. Though, there may be one that it came back. I have to double check, but I feel like I complained about it not including a specific element that made it good in the first place. I digress. Um, shouldn't ramble too much about Mario Kart. I say I guess we can because no, we technically can. the one I picked is from Mario <laughs> well, Kart Super say, Nintendo. So I, I, I love I love that little voice sample that goes oh, and I love the bass in this track. The bass is super good, and then when that um, arpeggio comes in, it's super super sweet because it's. Are you familiar with Toad's Turnpike at all? Like the levels, the is design that the, of it. Is that the one where there's cars coming at you? Oh no, not at you though. I think there's a mirror mode where they can, mm. but the normal version you're riding with the traffic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm slightly familiar with the game, but like not super. Like I've I've seen some gameplay. Um, back when back during college, I was visiting a friend of mine, Larry. He was going somewhere in PA, and when I went there, he was sharing a house with like six other people, and. What this is what they did. They just played Mario Kart 64. Like that was their thing. They had the N64. They had controllers and they had beers, and that's what they did. <laughs> it was their thing. That's so. a good way to go about it. I think though, like Mario Kart is up there with Mario Party for like Mario-based multiplayer games that will ruin friendships. I was gonna say, yeah, right, like or solidify them. Because I'll tell you right now, one of my favorite you know gaming gathering events that I remember in history was like. Back when Mario Kart Double Dash was new, which is the only time people wanted to play it because everybody hated on Double Dash for reasons I don't understand. Uh, it was too much, uh, too much cooperation was was required, right? Not even like only if you chose that mode, which at this particular instance we did. It was a good solid room of like eight people playing Mario Kart, two per cart, and uh, you were doing the um, multiplayer. So if you did two on one cart, the way it worked is one person drove, one person handled weapons unless you switched. But in order to do the drifting, you both had to do the motion for getting the drifts, and you had to time it so that you get them off right, you you nail them. Mm -hmm. So the guy I was rolling with was our mutual friend, Nate. And when it got down, I was like, look here, I know you haven't played much, but we're going to get through this. I'll drive the car, you just handle the weapons, and when we do the drifting, I'll time it out. And we were playing it, and every time I drift, I was like, click, 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 click. It was like the dumbest, most awful sound. But he started doing it too. We were timing it based off of it. Like, click, 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 click. And we were just getting blue sparks like that. And people were getting pissed because we weren't going down. And of course, the talks, the trash talk started coming out because that's what you do. You talk trash in Mario Kart. And um, people cut off my beers. It wasn't fun. <laughs> they cut you off? They cut my beers off because I was winning too much. 
Wait, so then they, they, would, they would add more beers if you were waiting too much, right? You would think, but apparently they thought <laughs> they were like they like, didn't realize that they could have been they could have been handicapping me, but instead they just were trying to punish me. So either way, I came out on top there. What's, but what's the one that was on the on the Switch recently? Was that eight? That was eight. Yeah, that, eight is a jam. I played that a whole bunch a couple of years ago at the beach with my uh, my nieces, and that was that was so much fun. Um, I did enjoy playing against the computer. I did not enjoy playing against um, a couple of children who've never played Mario Kart before. <laughs> well, but they hit you like, weapons I, like crazy. Like I'm not using weapons. I'm not doing anything. I just know how to drift. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey. so you picked some Mario Kart tunes too, right? Yeah, and it's always funny when I go to these tracks and I check the database, and it turns out that I somehow never chose this track. I chose a cover of it in the past, way back in like World One. Oh wow! But never That's the right. track proper. So without further ado, this is my favorite track from Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. It is the Donut Plains, and it is composed by Soya Oka. to the Donut Plains from Super Mario Kart on the SNES, composed by Soya Oka. And yeah, this is my jam. This is a danceable beat. It's good. Um, it's so good. I mean, it's fun. I almost, maybe we should do a Danceable Tunes episode in coordination with the sing-alongs episode, <laughs> because that's a dancer, and I won't be able to pick it again, but I'm sure there's other. No, it's not sing-alongs. We're doing jingles. Oh, jingles. That's what it is. Yeah, like, like real quick, like when you do the thing, you like that thing that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Crap! That's gonna be rough. That's gonna be hard to hard to time over the. Internet. I don't know whose product that's advertising, but I don't want it. It just sounds addictive. But like the Donut Plains is a track that stands the test of time, and I'm actually glad because there's um Solo Sanctuary mentioned her love of Mario Kart 8, and so did you, and I'm glad that happened in this context because if I remember correctly, Donut Plains got a revival both track and tune in oh. that game and it's cool in there because in that game they had the they had the motorcycles and they added uh, various like you know bump mechanics and things of that nature so it changes the track up in such a way that it is truly a brand new course it's wonderful but you know what came back also the be oh getting getting stuck on the sand huh no no the beat like this music no, they changed. There's oh, no the sand beats. in Donut Plains. The beach. <laughs> oh no, the beat. No, there's no sand in Donut Plains. That jerkbag Monty Mole. That should be a uh, Soya Oka Montana Miami Sound Machine. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd side note. 
while this was playing, while the track was playing, and I was watching myself on the camera, I started thinking, like, man, I need to do something about the background here because it seems so weird. Like, I have tons of cool stuff that would be awesome to see in the background. Like, for example, I have, you know, a wall of Garbage Pail Kid cards. Yeah. Like, I have tons of Garbage Pail Kids behind me. You could do that. I have every, like, all my video games are, like, around me. But the way the room is laid out, I have a stack of Amiibos in the corner <laughs> that I just need to sell because I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I, I have... Behind me is just... Is just um, a room. <laughs> acoustic paneling. But like, yeah. I, I've been watching a lot of DJs online because like there's no there's no raves at it like right now and there's no parties. So what they're doing is they're doing a lot of live shows streaming. But what they're doing, a lot of them, like they, they, set, they, they take their, their, their turntables or whatever and they put them in the middle of the room and they have a camera and they put like, they do like a light show in their house or some of them do it in their kitchen and they have like, they put plants everywhere to make it look pretty. But like, you imagine like, if, if your stuff is at home, it's usually against the wall, you know? And that's where my stuff is. So if I want to do that, I got to take everything out, put it in the middle of the room. And on camera, it looks great, I'm sure. But like, having all your crap in the middle of the room is no fun. <laughs> no good. And that would be the problem. If I wanted to truly pull this off, I'd almost have to put the desk in the middle of the room, or at least my recording spot in the middle of the room. It's always so you could like look at my freaking PS4 collection of games. Or, or we could do like know. a green screen situation. That might be feasible. That could be interesting. Get one of those big gamer green screens behind you, and we'll just I can put, put up a Kingdom Hearts wallpaper. It'd be just as confusing as the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I'm I'm really happy you picked Donut Plains because I think this is a this is a fun party party team. So our next email, our next uh, kind email, comes from the I, last Rican. I gotta read this one. Man. Yeah, I, was gonna I say, gotta read it. You, you two kind of share a voice in my mind. You're both loud. <laughs> <laughs> We're both competitive, You're and both it shows it when we speak. Oh yeah, and then this 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 mess right here. I love them. Oh my god. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> man, man, what a wild ride this year has been. And I'm glad I got to spend it with you guys. Getting me through my work days participating in the BGM Fight Club, I have to say that I'm truly grateful to have you guys be a part of my daily life. But with that being said, I would like you to play Beneath the Mask with Persona 5 for two reasons. One, it marks the first time Rob has actually played a JRPG in years that isn't Final Fantasy X. Right. That's correct about That's that. correct, yes. Now, number two, because it beat out Purnell's track in the second round of the matchup between you two. Suck it, Purnell. <laughs> Here's the hoping for many more years of Rhythm and Pixels. Cheers, and I drink in the name of your glory. First of all, thank you so very much, Last Ricky. You're an awesome gent, and I'm glad to be your friend for many years. You're a great dude. Second of all, that contest was rigged, and I should have won, but I digress. All I gotta say is... You are guaranteed to lose if you don't vote for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so, I did not. So, uh, so, uh, so he chose this music, and this is my track. This is "Beneath the Mask" by Soji Maguro from Persona Five, and this is the reason I've actually turned all the voices off in the game because I just want to hear this music. Yeah, you can't turn the voices. Off. Yeah, and and during the the fight scenes too, like during the battles, I'm I'm tired of hearing this kid scream, Persona. <laughs> Captain Kid! Yeah, over. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Beneath the mask. 
we're back you're listening to beneath the mask from persona 5 composed by shoji maguro with lyrics by lynn such a good song i love, love this it. song i first heard this song on um uh, cutman radio um which is dj cutman's kind of live stream of lo-fi hip-hop and lo-fi hip-hop versions of video game tunes and study yeah it was like study music and stuff and I knew it was from Persona 5, but then I thought like someone actually put lyrics to it. And then when I started playing the game and realized that this theme is played a lot throughout the game, 
it got me very excited that I get to hear the music again. And then I heard the lyrics because the music only with the lyrics they only play at night. And I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. It's just this game is dripping with style. So much style. Yes, it is. So cool. And, and it's a trip too, because like, and I think Soul of Sanctuary can relate to this. I think she's entrenched in the community just like I am. Mm-hmm. Is that people in the Megaton community love to hate on this game? Really? And oh yeah, like there's this there's this whole world of people. It goes. It comes in two waves. One wave is people who just straight up hate the fact that the game gets so much praise, and, you know, and love built around it. Um. I think that's insane because whether or not you believe the game is the best of the Persona series or the Megaton franchise for that matter, it's still a good game in its own right. And it does what it needs to do. It's a fantastic time. But then there's another group of people, and this one I do kind of get behind in a slight extent because I've had this chat in regards to other stuff on the show, is that the fan base can get crazy about it, like almost fervent, like port to the Switch. No matter what's going on, support the Switch. I'm like, no, just get a PS4. Is it, on, is it only on the Sony? It's only on PS4, oh. yeah. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, every once in a while, a, a system needs a killer app or two, you know? In this case, the PS4 just happens to be Persona 5. Like, maybe it doesn't need to get ported. Like, you, so P5 is on the P4. Do you think the P5 will be played on the P5? I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if this game is backwards compatible on the P5. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. See, someone knows. She knows. I was like, they're way too crazy. Yeah, it's like, like it gets to the point where someone will be like, "Hey, we're going to announce this brand new Unmegaton game. Like, it has nothing to do with the series." And they're like, "Where's P5, you jerks? Where's Persona 5?" And I'm like, "Maybe we'll just stop announcing games entirely because we're tired of being harassed by crazy people." <laughs> but. My, you know, my personal take on the game is that I love it. Like, it got me back in the game. I had a bad time. Mm-hmm. Um, I still talk about it. I bought Royal, and I keep telling myself to buy it and play it. But I, I'm not buy, it, but to play it. But I just it's suck a at lot. the idea. It's a lot of time commitment when there's other... yeah to retread. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff at the end. But they should have just been like, "Hey, do you want to just go to the end with a preset loadout of players so you can experience the new content?" That's what they should offer. Now they're like. You got another hundred hours, bro. Just get to it. I'm like, I really don't. Um, but I bought the game because I had that intent of trying. It's supposed to but rain bo- like all weekend or on Saturday. So I think I'm going to play a lot of this game on Saturday. And just loop this track when you're doing anything else. Anything else. I love this song. I love this song Literally. so much. If only it came with teleportation to your favorite stores and restaurants. I only so- wish that I played this song on the show last year in the last year so that I could play it as my top one of my top five. <laughs> what do you mean top five of oh this year? Yeah, exactly. Well well it just means next year you have something to look forward to. That's right. You all do. You all do. <laughs> Cause it's coming back. It's coming back. Alright, so what, what did you I know it won't be your top I know it won't be your top track for next year. What's that? And that's my choice. <laughs> because I went in the exact opposite direction because I felt that this was not only a fitting choice because I liked this track in the game. But also because of Last Rika's comment about me losing in round two of the contest for Fight VGM Fight Club. I didn't know so this, this is- track was going to do so well. I thought it was like, this is super chill. I'm choosing the music that I want to hear. Oh, no, it's a good track. I love it. But I love the entire OST. But it's this Purnell we're talking about. So at the end of the day, I like tension. I like, you know, stress. And Blooming Villain is totally tension and stress in a game... OST track. So 
This is Blooming Villain from the PlayStation 4 game, Persona 5. I almost said PlayStation 5. Thanks, Robert. Um, <laughs> composed by Shoji Meguro. You're listening to Blooming Villain from the game Persona 5 on the PlayStation 4 composed by Shoji Meguro. Yes, I think this is a very fitting track for my mind state in regards to coming back for a... What is that? What do they call it? Oh, vengeance battle against Rob because <laughs> it needs to happen. It may, be, it may well end up being good you know, handing purposes for yeah. if we get that Magfest panel, but ultimately, I love this track in addition. So, That's good. Blooming Villain. That's really yes, good. Like, this is the boss theme from Persona 5. And uh, did you beat the first palace, by the way? I don't remember. I did, yes. I'm, I'm like halfway through the second palace. Oh, my favorite part's coming up. Where like, kind of breaks down. Yeah. What kind of calms it like? Yeah, it's like ever, all the bands like looking at each other. The bass players <laughs> looking at each other. Are they still fighting? They are still fighting. Turn up the heat! Um, time, like, time, to bring it, time, time to give it to them. It's funny, <laughs> like when I played this game and got to that first boss battle. Like, well, I was playing well, as we know. I, I tend to do hard mode runs in this game, so what ends up happening is, in order to save time and social activities on the original version of this, I only did one run per palace. Like, the game didn't force you to exit. Yeah, I never left. Well, you told me so, that, so that's what I'm doing on the second palace. The first palace, and, I nearly ran out of time because <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go do laundry i got i got a job and they're like you know this teacher's <laughs> abusing kids right we gotta stop him i'm like all right i gotta go to the batting cage <laughs> big bang burger yeah there's a burger i gotta f- try to finish there's a talking cat i don't know what's going on 
But like, as a result, and you're going to experience this if this is your first time trying it, is that even on normal, probably, it's hard early on to do like one run dungeons because your magic starts draining yep. and you have no way to get it back. So you're like kind of dodging jerks and all that stuff. And what ends up happening is you potentially could end up under level too. So when you get to a boss and he's doing all this jerk tricks and everything, if you don't have a decent persona stable, it could give you trouble. But this track has a lot of, you know, much appreciated attention to those squam squalls. Now, when I first heard this track, I was coming hot off of Persona 4's I'll Face Myself, which I loved as a boss theme back. Mm-hmm. It's still good now, too, no lie. But I was listening to this one, and I was like, this isn't an I'll Face Myself. This is kind of weak. It's a weak sauce mess. But halfway into that Kamoshida fight, I was in. I was like, okay, you know what? I take that back. I think this is definitely... Yeah, as good if not better than I'll face myself. Yeah, the this game is does a, a good job of of ramping up the tension with the story during the fight, and then mm-hmm. this this guitar solo right here is fun. It's just super cool. Like it makes you feel like yeah, you can do it. This is a battle. This is a battle for yeah. battles right here. We have to take that cram. Take their hearts. Are you, re- are you ready for a different kind of battle? I don't know. I don't know. What is the battle? Does it involve candy? No, this battle... Oh, you, you might win candy. <laughs> no, this battle is a quiz. This is a video game quiz, Pernell. I call this the origin story. All right, so what, well, first question is, what's the topic? Um, it's origins. It's video game character origins. So think about okay. game characters and think about where they came from. So I had to take a gamble on how many questions will Pernell nail out of 10. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so we're going to play... Uh, I'm going to tell you the character, and you have to tell me where they came from, like the person okay. they came from. It's, and it starts super easy so that you will you kind of get the of where I'm coming from, okay? Okay. So uh, we, we're going to say, is this an origin story? Here we go. Mega Man. So, like, where, name, you name Mega Man, and I got to name his origin story? Yeah, that, where did he come from? Who made, who made Mega Man? Oh, Dr. Light. Dr. Light. Very good. All right. Proto Man. Dr. Wily. It was Dr. Light. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Dr. Was. Wily made Proto Man. No, Dr. Light. He was, he was the first, and then he made Mega Man. Oh, no. You know what? Maybe I confused him with Zero, because that's a whole... Yeah, you probably... Anyway. probably anyway, I want to give that one to you. That's fine. That's okay. Here we go. Ready for the next one? No, no, it's cheating. That's, I, I can't get it, because there's, there's money <laughs> on the line here. But I didn't get it. All right, number three. Nemesis. From Resident Evil 3. Who made the nemesis? I want to say Umbrella, but it could also be like William Birkin, maybe. I will accept Umbrella. It was specifically Umbrella Europe. (laughs) Oh, Christ. Freaking like a a branch corp. I know, right? All right, number four. You ready for number number four? Number four. Frog from... Chrono Trigger? Trigger. Wouldn't his origin be Magus? That'd be Magus. Very good. That was Magus. I'll try to catch you with that one. Because he was. What was I gonna say? His mom and dad. Yeah, no, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you came out and he was like, "Yeah, his biology dad. made frog." I was. I was uh, Mary and Reginald. <laughs> Mary and Reginald <laughs> Frog. <laughs> ah. All right. Here we go. Next one is Titus. Who made Titus? Well, when a man and a woman love each other very much. They call him Sin, and then uh, 
I guess that could be a weird question because on one hand you'd obviously say like Jet and his parents. I should probably say that Tom, there's, there's spoilers throughout this whole thing because we're talking about the origins of these characters. So this game is ancient. I think it's okay, <laughs> but based on the what you're going with here, I'm going to guess you actually intended to re- me to refer to Sin since he's a, a dream of his. Uh, yes, the faith actually. Sin is also a dream of the faith. It was the faith. Um, your love of that. That's plastic. fine. Crash Bandicoot. Who made Crash Bandicoot? Dr. Neocortex. Dr. Neocortex it is. So there was, my original um, quiz was to was for you to guess the character based on their nicknames. That they're like, the blue bomber would be Mega Man and Crash Bandicoot actually had a different name. What um, was he, like the freaking Marsupilami? No, it was like Crash, it was like Crash Banditex. It was like the first or something. Dr. Neo named him after himself. It was really strange. I don't know stuff that you, stuff you probably would only ever know reading the uh, the instruction manual of these games. <laughs> All right, uh, Glad Glados. Glados, shoot, that's a bad from one. Portal. Who made Glados? With oh. the Aperture Science. Aperture Science. I forgot the name of the company. Almost pretty good. Rayman. Who made Rayman? Rayman was created from something and was turned into Rayman. Was he like a was he like the, was he like a super lum? He was he was created by the goddess like that 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 one oh, fairy. You're so close. Belinda like Belinda the fairy. Batila the fairy. I can't believe you got that. <laughs> See? I love Rayman, that's why. So get off my back. <laughs> I didn't know Proto Man, but I got Rayman. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's incredible! All right, Whoa, oh, that's some hate right there. Come from Carlito, goes, who made Crash Bandicoot? Answer, who cares? He says, who cares? He's a Bandicoot. <laughs> All right, uh, Kratos. Who made well, Kratos? That's a tough one because I'm going to assume you want me to refer to the fact that who created the Kratos that we know, which is the angry guy. Which would be the gods, most particularly Zeus, because they screwed him. That's right. I was looking for Zeus. Zeus is the correct answer. See, I'm good at these origins. Pernell is killing it, Carlos. You are right. I need to come up with quizzes that will that will stump my friends, but I am always I'm always surprised, impressed, and infuriated <laughs> about how how much you know about these games. Uh, the goose. I'm- how about this? The goose from Untitled Goose Game. Mother Goose. <laughs> see, I've never even played that one. So that's a killer. Like, was there some actual, like, an actual no, human that made him was, angry? This was the joke. He was created by the devil. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I made that one up. I like it though. And that's it. Thank you for playing. The origin well, I think story I actually got. So I think that technically means I got eight then because I missed Proto Man, and I missed the Goose. The Goose. The goose. <laughs> so at that point, let me see what people guessed in here. Going back up. Oh, I can't scroll. This being a jerk. Oh, there it is. Seven out of ten. Oh, Stephen Miller, guest eight. Oh. So he totally won. So when the episode is over, uh, email us. Um, let us know your console of choice and region. And I will see about getting you that code. 
now, now remember this is eShop credit so like PSN or Xbox Live or Switch or hell even Steam alright so um, our next uh, email came from Bedroth Pernell Bedroth, the host of the Very Good Music VGM podcast, the VGM VGM podcast. Um, He says, uh, this was really hard to narrow down, but I super enjoyed both the Positive Jams and Lucky Jams episode. He did spell jams as James. (laughs) I almost said James. Positive James. I see that's a I wish we could name that. Do that! Name the episode Positive James. Now we can't. It has to be podcast anniversary five. Positive James. Positive James. I'm just call it Positive James. Um, <laughs> uh, they were both uh, the perfect antidote to the uncertainty of the pandemic's beginning, and they helped me get through a rough patch between jobs. Excuse me. Um, one song that was featured on Lucky Jams could easily have been featured on both is the special stage music from Sonic 3. It's an all-time favorite and a just wonderful, beautiful song that is very different from anything else on its outstanding soundtrack. Keep up the great work, dudes. Here's to five more very good video game music-filled years. So that's awesome. So thank you. Thank you, Bedroth, for that note. Thank you. Yes. Um, So we both picked, I think, some Sonic tunes, and I started to explore the Sonic Forces soundtrack, which I never really did before, because I discovered... Also, we should... Hmm? I'm sorry, I just realized, before we go on, we should point out the reason why we're not playing Special Stage from Sonic 3 is specifically because... It's something that Rob already chose, so it's not that we're not choosing his track. Oh, I, I yeah, yeah. I just and also I wanted to play some more music. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I, what I found was one of my favorite all-time Sega composers, Naomi. I'm sorry, Nayafumi Hataya worked on this game, Sonic Forces. Um, Nayafumi Hataya worked on Rystar. He worked on is. the Hybrid Front. He worked on uh, Nights into Dreams, and he did Space Channel Five. So he is a funky man. That's a sweet pedigree across the board, honestly, yeah. especially friggin' Knights. It really is. So we're going to hear that the track is called Ghost Town, and it's from Sonic Forces, and it is composed by Naifumi Hataya. How spooky is it? How spooky is it? <laughs>
You're listening to Ghost Town from Sonic Forces, composed by Nayafumi Hataya, rocking out those FM synthesizers. Oof. It sounds like a long lost Genesis track. It sounds it sounds like a cla- it sounds like something it sounds like a pop song from the nineties, and I can't put my finger on it. But it's it's got this every little bit to it sounds very um, like lyrical without having lyrics to it. And it just it sounds like a pop song. I also like, gotta say way. I love like this really hard staccato like stabs on the chords. It's super, super fun. This this track is amazing. I also gotta say that I'm a, I'm genuinely surprised that this was the track because I haven't heard the entire Sonic Forces OST clearly because I've just heard this for the first time. But all the tracks I have heard are fairly typical Sonic sounds. Like my favorite track that I've heard is Luminous Force, which is rockin', very speedy. Uh, this is very different. <laughs> in a good way, but still very different. And now I want to listen to more of the OST, because, like, unfortunately, the game got kind of panned. Yeah. I still have it downstairs. I got it on deep, 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 deep discount. Um, but nonetheless, I bought it because I was like, well, well maybe I'll try some day, but now maybe I'll do it just to hear the OST in-game. Yeah, I don't know where this plays. This is a game I'm probably never going to play. I never liked 3D Sonic games. Um, it's just... I think you're in the majority there. Yeah, I mean, I started with Sonic Adventure. I played through it, but... I mean, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I think my gripe with the, with the 3D games is that I genuinely like them. The problem is they almost never get it right as far as, like, glitch-free, error-free gameplay. But when it actually works, I think is personally the best way for Sonic game to flow because they designed this cool character to be a contrast to Mario and they made his signature element speed. And yet all the 2D games, they are designed in a way that sort of segments where it's just kind of scripted. You can never really get that sense of speed because you're crashing in the freaking trick spikes all the damn time. Yeah. It's like, hey, oh, look, we're going on this ramp. This is great. Oh. Unseen wall spikes, and you can't stop because you're going too fast. Whoa-oh, that's Sonic, baby. It feels um, like, um, like there's Crash Bandicoot levels where you're running towards this camera, where, like, like how are you supposed to know what's coming up? You know, like, that's it's like, oh, the difficulty is that you won't be able to see. I'm like, no, it's not. that's not difficulty. That's just being blind. Yeah, it's cheap and ineffective it's, gameplay. It's running blind. Um, Meanwhile, so yeah, Sonic you know, Adventure, 3D. running blind. Yeah, but then you get the 3D Sonic games. Well, the ones when he started, what, as people affectionately call them, modern Sonic, where or ineffectionately depending, and uh, the cameras placed behind him, and while people dislike that to an extent, the reason why it works so well is because now you get the entire playerscape in front of you. You can see what's coming. So if they make Sonic run quickly, you get ample time to see what's approaching you because you're running a- towards the screen. Are you running away from the screen? So. I think it works, it's just they have to get it so that when you do turns and when you do jumps and such, the controls can keep up with the ambition of giving you Sonic at his actual trademark speed. And it works! Like in the chemical plant zone of Sonic Generations, oh my god it works! It is so good! But, again... Generations, that was the one where they kind of like, they did side-scrolling and 3D and kind of blended them together, right? It's yeah. still probably one of the best Sonic games ever made. That is very, very impressive to, to watch. It's so good. And when I was getting into it, I was S-ranking stages, something I was not doing 
and other you know, 3D Sonic games. But I loved it that much that I was like, I can do this one. I can pull this off. Yes. And I was mastering the level layout. But strangely enough, you didn't pick music from Sonic Generations. I did not. In fact, I picked music from one of my least favorite <laughs> Sonic 3D games. Not because of design or anything, but again, this game had the the antithesis of good controls for what the game had intended for it to work. It was glitched out the wazoo. But what is that game? Sonic Heroes! And the track is Emerald Challenge Special Stage, composed by Jun Sonoe and Fumi Kumitani. Sonic Heroes! <laughs> <laughs> bumps and cha-cha slides and the cream corn <laughs> what the cream corn I did I did record you screaming do the cream corn <laughs> <laughs> welcome back 
You're listening to the Emerald Challenge special stage from the game Sonic Heroes, which was released on pretty much every console from that generation. Xbox, PS2, GameCube, woo woo woo, composed by Jin Sonoe and Fumi Kumatani. So this is another case of the game being kind of... <laughs> but the OST is a banger. Absolute banger. And this track is no friggin' exception. It is probably my favorite special stage theme in the franchise, which is why I picked it, because I figured since we couldn't play Bedroth's special stage theme, I wanted to play what I felt was the, my favorite you know, special stage theme. Um, so Sonic Heroes is an example of a good idea for a 3D Sonic game executed poorly in a variety of ways. Uh, one, the general gameplay concept was that you were three characters, of various groupings, but they always had a very similar structure. One was speed focused, one was power focused, and one was flight focused. The problem was, uh, a lot of the time, those mechanics didn't even properly work in the game itself when you selected the character. Like, Tails could fly, but if you were in an area where you weren't meant to fly, the game loved to kind of keep you grounded because why let you do things you're not supposed to do? You're walled in. And other times you could fly, but the flight mechanics didn't actually let you fly at the level that Tails was meant to fly. It just would glitch out and you just fall. Hmm. Um, there were areas where you were supposed to be swinging on vines and you go to grab the vine and you would just clip right through it and die. <laughs> uh, there, were, there were just some bad, bad elements that needed serious game testing. Yeah, so not a lot of testing was probably done on this one. Yes, yeah. but there was one level that did work quite a bit, and that level was the Egg Fleet. Which is like, when I actually finally suffered through the game and beat it, that was a level I would always go back to to hear the awesome track from it, and also to play the stage. Now, one thing I found the most funny about this game is that when I first bought it, this was back when hatred for 3D Sonic was at its all-time high, in my opinion. People were like, another 3D Sonic game? This is stupid. Give us a real Sonic game. And uh, I bought it because I wanted my friends to realize this is a great game. So I flew up to Chicago to hang out with some friends of mine out there. And we went to the one friend's house with a big party going on with games running in one floor and drinking and hanging on the other or whatever. Right. And I set up Sonic Heroes in the basement on the GameCube. Everyone's out there now, having a good time and partying and drinking. And so I played Sonic Heroes in the basement. <laughs> no, we don't. We, we, there were people down there playing video games, too. The whole house was interacting <laughs> in its own way. Try to act like I was hiding. No, they're like, Come on. Pernell, you go in the basement. You go in the basement and play Sonic Heroes. You can't have fun. Fine, I'll have the real party, guys. <laughs> no, but like, we were all hanging out. A group of us were in the basement playing the game. And have you ever had a situation where you wanted people to like a game? So you're trying to convince them to like it. Yeah, at the same time, you don't like it. Mm. So you're talking against your own personal feelings to convince people to like a game you've already decided is crap. That was me with Sonic Heroes. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. You got to understand, this game is great. You just have to get used to the fact that you clip through vines if you hit them at the wrong angle. You had it at the exact right angle. That's masterful game design, guys. Come on. It's all you got to excuse it. It's all intentional. It. It's all intentional. You're still learning how to get the 3D right, guys. It's a masterful game. It's a fantastic product. They, I, just, they just figured out how to make polygons, man. It's... <laughs> and then by the time I got to the Frog Force, and I'm trying to run from the gator, and I kept dying because of clipping issues when no one was looking like, this is stupid. the control of the Lord Wallerstand. I hate this. Dumb. Um, But, hey, at the end of the day, it had good music, and most of my friends don't remember that story anymore. Which means I'm off the hook. That's well, great. Uh, now we all know it. 
So you're on the hook. But you guys are cool, man. No, you guys are cool. It's okay. I just just love like go in the basement and play Sonic Heroes, Brunel. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a shirt. I'm gonna say that forever. I'm gonna say that like from now on. Go in the basement and play Sonic (laughs) Heroes. (laughs) All right. All your least favorite friends. I'm gonna turn this track down. (laughs) Sonic Heroes. (laughs) Because I think I think Pernell, I think Pernell should uh, come out of the basement, um, and we're going to the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round in the basement. <laughs> the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme, and we have one last email, and this is from Stephen Miller. Um, and Stephen Miller would like to say, um, aside from the obvious changes, wait, 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 let me read this one because you read the Bedroth one. Um, oh, you're right. Two for two. Two for two. All right, hold on, hold on. Let's go back. Rewind. (laughs) I want to read too. I want to be the cool voice. (laughs) All right, let's go. This was from um, listener and friend Stephen Miller. Aside from the obvious changes all of us went through, this year changed how I listened to the podcast. I used to listen to it on my commute. I live about 45 minutes from my place of work at the time. So I had enough time to listen to almost the entire episode on the drive, and usually I'd finish it on the way home. In May, after the trouble started in Ernest, where I live, I lost my job. Spent about a month out of work. During that time, I listened at home, where I picked up a new listener. My wife started listening during the day with me and got hooked just like I had. Now what used to be a solo activity now something enjoy with a loved one and we look forward to the live stream every month sometimes the children are still long enough to listen so i guess that officially makes you a family show now happy five years guys and here's to many more peace my dudes yes i'm so happy that we could bring some some positivity and some joy to some people so thank i you. smiled from ear to ear when i saw that at work i was like this is like this makes the work day better <laughs> right here it felt good. All right, so I chose a bonus round track that I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember if there was a thread connected to this, but I don't think there is. Um, so this is going to be the uh, Corneria, or sorry, the Corneria, yeah, Corneria from Star Fox. Cream Corneria. The Corn Area. Cream corn area. <laughs> uh, the cream corn area Eurobeat remix from Star Fox by Dominic Ninmark because I can't get enough of this guy's tunes. I'm really. That's into why it. you brought him up earlier. Hmm? That's why you brought him up earlier. Yes, because I, I fell in the rabbit hole listening to all of his OSTs and all of his Eurobeat remixes because he's done quite a few of them. So here <laughs> we go the corn area remix from Star Fox.
And we're back. That was the Corneria Eurobeat remix from Star Fox. That one was arranged by Dominic Ninmark. So I'm really, really impressed by all of his Eurobeat remixes, obviously. So go to uh, dominicninmark.bandcamp.com. It's, it's got a lot of really good... All of his game OSTs are there, but um, you can follow the links to his SoundCloud and his YouTube page if you want to hear more remixes like this one because they're, they're super fun. I may need to look into some of those Yorbies because I've only heard his game OSTs. I never looked into his remix category, um, albums. Yeah, it's like it's like he can't stop making more music, so he just keeps doing it. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. So you picked some tunes too, and I wasn't sure what you were going to go with. I got a feeling the second choice might go good for the end of the episode, Jam. Okay. But uh, that I went with the idea of the theme of family because of Stephen Miller's testimonial about how him oh. and his wife now watch the show along Oh, yeah, kids. yeah, me too, me too. That's what that was about. <laughs> Something about the cream corn area and children <laughs> that just resonates, resonates, or is that marinates? I don't know. But in my case, I actually did go with the theme of family. So I actually ended up picking the, the shop theme from Legacy of the Wizard. Now, keep in mind, the original track I was going to pick was the home theme, which would have made sense because, you know, the game is about family working together to defeat the evil dragon, and they all meet up at home. But I didn't like that track as much. I wanted the shop theme. So <laughs> it's like close but not exact. So shop theme from Legacy of the Wizard on the NES composed, composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Composed by Yuzo Koshiro. <laughs> <laughs> I am it, Kirby. back you're listening to the shop theme from the game legacy of the wizard on the nes composed by yuzo koshiro or as mike myers likes to call it legacy of poochie and the eight family members holding him back and i genuinely that's a very accurate statement because for those who aren't familiar with legacy of the wizard you control five different family members there's also a grandparents that you don't control they just live in the house mm. um they do passwords and stuff but uh, you go into the dungeon and you look for key items, like their crowns, I believe, which you need to eventually defeat the evil dragon. Each family member has this unique ability that allows them to traverse the dungeon in a different way. A dog 
is Poochie, the family dog, and his ability is it actually Poochie? is that his name is actually Poochie, and his ability is he doesn't take damage, pretty much anything. He doesn't get damaged by monsters. I think he's immune to spikes, if I remember correctly. He literally can just run the dungeons willy nilly <laughs> without being afraid. The reason why you can't beat Legend of Poochie. The only reason that you can't beat the game with Poochie, though, for all I know, maybe someone out there figured out that you can, is that certain family member abilities are things that are necessary for different sections of the dungeon that Poochie can't do, such as pushing heavy blocks. Poochie can't do that, but the father can. Um, Poochie can't do that. um, There's an area where you have to be able to jump extremely high to get to certain ledges. Daughter can do that. Poochie can't. But Poochie if there's some kind that. of cool Poochie can't. But if Poochie can find some cool boots that give him spring-loaded feet, Poochie can do guess that. Guess what? Poochie can do that. Poochie can. Um, but this game was this could have easily come up in my rental in the rental reflections episode we did because I used to rent the Living Daylights How Legacy oh, of the yeah. Wizard, and I didn't actually I actually ended up buying it eventually at Magfest like in my mid early 30s because I saw it on a table. I was like, you know what? I deserve to own this game. I love Legacy of the Wizard so much, it would be at the time the only NES cart I had. Later followed by a signature copy of uh, Castlevania 2 signed by James Rolfe, because, well, that's to me, like, this is my favorite episode of his from the Angry Video Game Nerd. Um, and then I have a bag of like NES games that a mutual friend of ours is like, here, my <laughs> wife's telling me I gotta get rid of these. Do you want them? I was like, Yes. That, that's a story about how very like, too many games I tried to buy the Genesis off of James Rolfe and then he signed it. And I was like, No, you didn't. I was like, I guess he assumed that I wanted it signed, but I just wanted his Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted Genesis. So at the end of the year, we were at the. Um, uh, uh, the Retro World Expo in Connecticut, and I, I we had, had like a quiz game, and I gave it away, and everyone, someone was really excited about it. <laughs> you were like, I just wanted Genesis. Now this one's got all this ink on it. Yeah, I got all this ink on it. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> I like what you do. <laughs> I will admit though, like for me, the copy of Castlevania Two makes sense to have this signature because he has a personal relationship with it mm. in his in his media. But I'm not grasping the Genesis relationship. I don't think there is one. I, I'll say this. Um, it's, it's interesting because Mike Myers is in the chat, our friend. Um, and uh, I did not know about the Angry Video Game Nerd until one night. It was at the condo. You and Mike were hanging out with a, with a, me and my wife. And before we went somewhere, he put up like the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. And it was like, wait, this is like pre-YouTube or YouTube was just starting you know no it couldn't have been pre-YouTube because are you sure no yeah yeah, 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 yeah but it was like it was early it was still early YouTube and it was on screw screwattack.com or something like that one of those one of those video aggregate sites and um, it was I thought it was hilarious and now I, I can't get into it because it's just I don't know it's just not my kind of humor anymore yeah, I get I get that but they always makes me laugh those when there's folks that think he's serious I can't understand. He's such an immature man. I'm like, no, they no, yeah. Back that he's an immature man on the show. It's just, just how it works. Them's the jokes. Um, anyway, so for more information on our bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to uh, the band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can go and buy the music, stream the music, and support these artists.
right, thanks for joining us on episode 25-8 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our kind of our second celebration of five years of the show with our Patreon um, live, live, liveness, liveliness, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lively, livelihood. Yeah, like the Patreon friends and fan base. It's, it's a good time hanging out, chatting. And I honestly do like seeing people comment and talk in the chat yeah. because we have our email and we have the discords and all that stuff. And to be honest, I try to keep, I, and we, we try to keep up and communicate as much as we can when people talk. Yeah, but, but this is me, a very think, interactive way to do the show, and I, I, enjoy, I do enjoy that. I concur. And it's just, it may seem kind of goofy or lame or whatever. I don't know how people want to perceive it, but I genuinely like interacting with our listener base. Because keep in mind, I was just talking earlier about, you know, some of the you know rougher elements of the Persona fan base, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the people we've interacted with have been that level where it's like, like because everyone we've interacted with has been fairly solid people. Like, there's good folks. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're they're down to earth. They like video games. Um, they aren't aggressive about opinions. And this was like if I were to come on here and say you know I'm not going. This isn't true because I don't know enough about it to say. It, but if I was like God of War is a stupid franchise, <laughs> no one's going to write me a letter and go, Hey, I heard you don't like God of War. Yeah, I'm going to stab you. I mean, people, people like, do like to make fun of, like, which Final Fantasy that you love, but I feel like that's a normal thing, right? Like, that's just what, like, that's just... That's what friends do. That's they just say happen. Final Fantasy yeah, VIII's yeah. terrible, or that you play Final Fantasy X a lot, or that Purnell's insane for liking Six so much. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, that's friend ribbing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's cool. And I like the fact that we have a pretty diverse, awesome friend base in this community that we can talk to, write letters, and, or be like, hey... For example, like Solus is a, to the point where I'm like, "Hey, I, want, I need to get this weird art thing done." You know, it's like it's not a matter of being like, "Hey, I gotta find this random person." I'm like, "No, Solus, I want to do it because I we've interacted with her enough. I'm like, we can have that conversation." You know, even though I'm like, "Hey, you know, let's talk about you know talk about some 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 cool awesome music that you're listening to. Tell me about some new some of your current jams." Um, Wake Sephiroth throws down some banging recipes. I mean. We have good people that we interact with, and we only know them because of the ship. It's crazy. Again, freaking Carlito. We played through La Milana together. We got Cameron Worma, who's booting up La Milana 2 right now, and he's just got me to buy trying today. I mean, that's just how it goes. And again, when we started this show, did you expect any of that kind of stuff? Were you just like, just like me, where you were like, we're going to do the show. We might get one listener, and that's cool. But it's ultimately just having fun. Uh, Wicked Sephiroth says he doesn't know if people like to uh, make fun of others so much about what their favorite is, but they like to assert which one is their own, which I think is true. But in my case, it's kind of a running gag that I just play Final Fantasy X over and over again and just ignore every other game in the series. <laughs> and I can really honestly, and there's nothing, as long as you're, long as you're okay with this, it, totally. If you're not okay with it, we would. I would be like, nope, no more of that. But I, it's probably gonna, it's probably just gonna play it once a year. Is, is what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, because there's something to be said about running gags like that too. It's not on this show. It's on SNL, SML. But the running gag for me there is that there's this game called Ori in the Blind Forest, and uh, it's a beloved game by pretty much everyone on the show. And they convinced me to start playing it. And they're like, you gotta try this game. You're gonna love it." And I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it." And I started playing it for a bit. It's a beautiful game. The music is fantastic. I like the skill tree system it's got. 
But I got sidetracked. I literally just stopped playing it for reasons that don't even make logical sense. And we're back. And at first it was just because, well, I haven't made time yet, but when I get a chance, I'm going to go back. But then every time they learned I hadn't made progress, I was like, oh, come on, Pernell, Ori! You got to play Ori! Then it just became, you know what I'm not going to play? I'm not going to play Ori right now. Oh, man, you know what I didn't beat today? Ori in the Blythe Forest. <laughs> and it just became a fun little running gag. Like, it's not that I dislike the game. I think it's great. But it's for the gag. I'll talk trash about it because it's fun. Um, but if I were being serious with somebody and someone was really talking to me like, why do you hate my favorite game so much? I'm not going to be a jerk. Yeah. I'm I like, actually, I love the game. You and I are not like that at all. I, I feel like uh, uh, making fun of what someone else enjoys is is like the worst possible thing you can do on the internet. It's it's so hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, there's really that game, no wrong way to have fun, right? So it's just like if you're having fun, just play. And I'll confirm that right now for anyone who's listening. If you're like, but Pernell, you do it all the time for Final Fantasy VIII. I personally dislike the game, and I like to make jokes about things about the game I don't like. Because in that context, I think it's just humorous and it's funny. But if you came up to me and very passionately was like, I love Final Fantasy VIII. It is my favorite Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, my favorite Final Fantasy of them all. Final Fantasy VIII is my favorite Final Fantasy VIII. No crap. Oh, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for liking it. I'm not going to say, what a terrible idea that is. There's so many better games. All I'll say is, I'm glad to hear it. Tell me more about why you like it. And I'm cool with it. It's all about what you like and being passionate about what you like. And it's cool to have that back. Kind of doing the end. Remember right now. Um, it's cool to have the back and forth about it. It's all in good fun and debate. But don't call anybody out for being as a jerk or saying yeah. they like just because they like them. Don't call them a jerk because that makes you a jerk. That, that, that point, that, I don't that, care what you the, like. Uh, the and remember at the end. It'll be. Don't be a jerk or go in the basement and play Sonic Forces. <laughs> go to play Sonic, play Sonic Heroes. Play Sonic Heroes in the basement. Um, anyway, we, we want to hear about your passion. We want to hear um, maybe some track suggestions or topic suggestions or games that you're into. We want to hear all about that. So uh, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you want to know more about our show, if you want to see a full track listing from the episode and all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, including all of like the first hundred or so, which I think aren't on the feed right now, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Uh, check us out on YouTube and, um, yeah, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. All of our episodes are uploaded there as well. And we also have a 24-7 live stream running nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. And that just um, gets updated once a month with new tracks. And if you have any track suggestions if you want, uh, or suggestions for the radio station, you can check out our Discord server. Our Discord server is linked on our website in the menu bar at the very top of that thing there. It just says Discord. Click on the button. It goes right there. Uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. We have a little group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat where we talk about... Um, we try to do like a game of the month where we all play the same game together or try to finish a, a certain number of games within a month. Try to get through Purnell's backlog as best as he can. And he's it's working. a challenge. It's a challenge. He's working on it. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, we really honestly just tell people about it. Um, tell people that you know, the, the, about the music that you love and that maybe you like our show too. And you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. There you get access to a uh, prequel episode every week, which because of the, um, the anniversary shows, we haven't put one together yet, but they'll be back up. 
And you also get access to a live streamed episode like this one uh, once a month. And we'd like to thank all of our members at the end of every episode. Uh, Frankly Zappa, That Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Mats Holmkvist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, David Taylor, Reinhardt Selkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, Sleepy S'more, Stephen Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, good to see you tonight, um, and Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast, and Brian Pitt. Uh, Michael Bridgewater is actually putting together a uh, Commodore 64 playlist to add to the radio station soon, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, but anyway, thank you all very much for your continued support of our little show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to Pernell. It means a lot to both we're, of us. We're hoping to still come up with as many topics as we possibly can, because it's kind of a funny thing in that we do cover repeats every once in a blue moon, but we generally are fairly good about not repeating topics. It's almost like a fun little staple of our show. So, and we always have to make sure we say we have had repeats, so no one comes back and says, mm-hmm. what about that one time on episode 45-6? When Itchy and Scratchy went into the dungeon without the wizard's key. In which case, like, well, that's incorrect. But we love trying. And I think it's really cool that uh, um, Bedroth came up with a really cool one that we're going to have to try to do because I've never even focused on this idea before. Songs representing characters you never want to see in Smash. That's a hard one. But also a large part of what will make it so fun. Um, But to quote us another Simpsons quote because we'd love to do that. Have no fears. We've got episode topics for years. We we'll honestly keep doing it. do. Um, and there's <laughs> but a few, still submit some. I'm looking at our list right now. There's a ton on here. Um, some of the episodes I'm looking forward to doing is uh, Sega Channel games. Uh, so I know that you have a lot of experience with the Sega Channel network from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, too Many Mechs. That should be fun. And uh, Gardening. Uh, games about gardening or with gardening in it. Yes. And um, jingles, where Purnell and I are going to write short um, commercial jingles to video game music, and you have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Our condolences in advance. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, so uh, next week we have a special show with a guest, hopefully. Um, hopefully all that, that works out. There's a huge time zone difference. But um, otherwise, back to your regularly scheduled program on NPR. No. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Have a good evening. And remember, because I have another one. Oh, good. Suckers. Uh, kind of goes off of what Stephen Miller said earlier in his testimonial. Like I said, I love that testimonial so much because it resonates with me for a very specific reason. It's not just because it's about our show, which is awesome, but also the fact that he was able to take something that he likes and share it with his family. It became a family group activity. And I can certainly wholeheartedly say that in my time on the internet and with friends, I've spent more than my fair share of time talking to people that have families, whether it be a wife and or husband or kids. And they talk about interacting with them sometimes as if it's like, oh, man, I got to spend time with the family. And like, this sucks. I, mean, I want to do something else, which I get. Sometimes you don't want to be under your family you know, the whole t- all the time. You want to get out. But same time you should want to spend time with your family you want to engage with them and a good way to do that is to take something you like and share it with them make it a group activity that you can all look forward to it's just freaking smart it makes sense i mean 
Why not do that? You get to not kill two birds with one stone. You're out with your family and doing things that are fun. And if you love hanging out with your family, that's double the fun. So why the heck not do it? It's just crazy to ignore it. Give it a shot. I like beverages that are made of water primarily, and that's great. <laughs> Have a good night. Good night.